Hey, it's Jessica Dirksen, and you are listening to the True to You podcast, the place to be to get the tools to live your life by design so that you can be the person you want to be and live a life that you love. What is up, everyone? You are listening to the True to You podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Dirksen, and today I'm chatting with another Jessica. Jessica Rosin is a depth psychologist, a nature-based guide to self, a speaker, and an international best-selling author of Coming Alive in Life and Love, Seven Secrets to Self-Transformation. She has also been featured in Be Your Own Magazine as one of the fast-rising entrepreneurs and leaders of our time. Her Edmonton-based organization, Jessica Rosin Psychology Services, is dedicated to guiding women and men in their journeys of self-discovery and embodiment. In her practice as a registered psychologist, she helps individuals and couples in all aspects of wellness and wholeness, relationships, and self-discovery, exploring the conditions that allow for deeply satisfying intimate relationships, what Jessica calls coming alive in life and love, has become a core focus of her work. Jessica believes that personal development that comes with self-discovery, uncovering a healthy and whole individual is a critical component of healthy relationships. And her online program, The Relationship Roadmap, is based on this process. Jessica has been actively engaged in her own self and soul discovery process for many years. Her personal experiences give her tremendous compassion and understanding for others and have led her to discovering a guide or blueprint for others in their journeys. She is an intuitive tracker and mentor who uses a variety of therapeutic strategies and nature-based depth practices to connect with her clients, help them explore distress and unfulfillment, and manifest meaningful lives. Jessica hears the longing of people for greater direction, intimacy, purpose, and meaning. Her practice, programs, writing, and speaking are dedicating to supporting people in this regard. Thank you, Jessica, so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jessica. It's wonderful to be here. I'm excited to have you. So tell us who you are and what you're up to in the world. Okay, so I'm Jessica Rosin. I'm a registered psychologist. I have a private practice here in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, and so I'm quite busy with that. And uh, on the side, I've also uh, recently launched my book, Coming Alive in Life and Love, Seven Secrets to Self-Transformation. And I've also uh, just recently been in the process of launching a online program called The Relationship Roadmap. Awesome. I love it. So what kind of prompted you to write this book? Oh, this book here, I think in a lot of ways, it's, it's the work that I'm doing uh, with the clients that I'm engaging with. Um, it just seems to be something that's been coming up more and more. And people have been asking me, you know, is there a book out there that's just capturing some of the, the issues and concerns that are coming up for me? And some of the biggest ones that I was noticing are people along in their life journey and um, not really sure about where to place themselves, like what kind of context, uh, where they are in their life and what that means for them. And one of the biggest areas that continue to pop up is relationships and how they're affected within the relationships and a lot of ways um, dissatisfaction in their lives in general, but also the relationships and the way that weaves in with their life. Mm-hmm. 
So is your um, like psychology practice, do you focus on relationships and love? Like what kind of brought this connection to this new journey? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, actually, and it's interesting how you, you ask it that way. Um, in, in a lot of ways, the, the psychology and my practice was focused more on different sorts of concerns. So I do a lot of work with trauma, uh, childhood experiences, addictions, um, anxiety, depression, just kind of like a, a whole bag of different concerns. Um, but what kind of kept nudging me in this direction are couples and the work that I was doing with the couples and the relationship concerns that continued to come up. And so it just seemed to be this area that, although I wasn't necessarily focusing and um, looking to draw in people and clients that were looking for uh, solutions for the relationship problems, it just continued to rise up as something as as um, something that's in the forefront for people and everybody around. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, as a coach, I see a lot of, and within myself and in my clients, there's like that correlation between what you, how you view yourself, what you believe about yourself is kind of, that's the kind of relationships you get into. So do you see the same kind of thing with your, maybe with yourself or with your clients as well? Yeah. And, and so that is kind of a bit of a continuation of that story. So that as I was noticing in my clients and those people coming uh, to me with their presenting concerns related to relationships, and then stepping into writing this book, um, it really became alive for me just how much my life story was connected to the relationships that I had experienced throughout my life. And um, it's just kind of an interesting thing as though the, the book was writing itself and informing me as I was writing it, it allowed me to become even more awakened to wow, just how much relationships have affected me and the decisions that I've made based on my new noticings of myself within relationships and decisions that I needed to make along the way. So what kind of things came up for you as you were writing this book about yourself? About myself. I I think um, one of the biggest things was noticing um, the awakening that I had to my relationship patterns that I had experienced throughout my life. And at that time, uh, actually I was uh, a training in uh, psychology in the academic program and also a volunteer psychologist. Uh, There was this awakening to the marriage that I had currently been in and um, noticing just how unhappy that I actually was in my relationship. And so, that that moment kind of set me on a bit of a journey to look back over my relationship history, my relationship patterns, and at the same time, the current relationship that I was in and the different decisions that I needed to make for me to live the life that I really wanted to live and also experience the relationships that I wanted to. So in writing this book, um, that kind of became one of the, the central focuses of like, wow, that's really just something how I awakened to that for myself, and then uh, the story kind of uh, unraveled from there. Mm-hmm. So, do you? I oh, I'm just always so curious. Like, why do you think that some people, you know, stay in a relationship that they know is either not good for them or toxic, or where they're unhappy? I'd say uh, there's several different reasons for that. And of course, it's all depends on the situation. 
but a big reason for it is connected to their patterns. And so that's their individual patterns um, within themselves related to beliefs, core beliefs that they have about themselves, patterns that they have on previous relationships that they've had with their attachment figures. Uh, quite often that would be their parents or significant relationships that they've had in their life. And so that kind of set in a bit of a pattern of the way that they will relate to other people, the way that they will believe about themselves, the way that they will believe about the type of relationship that is suitable or important to them. And so even though they might be in a relationship but not truly happy in, um, there's this kind of connected um, attachment that's there. And so a lot of people will talk about my, my mind and my heart are saying two different things. Mm -hmm. And so it's as though we know something is not okay, but we can kind of rationalize it in a way because something deeper within us seems to be pulled into this direction. So it can be quite confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I love the way you just said that we rationalize that because I, think so many people do that and not even just in relationships in every area of their life right even in terms of what they're consuming and their health and we we it's almost like we negotiate with ourselves and we talk ourselves into why it's okay even though somewhere inside of us we we know it's not or we have that feeling but we we negotiate with ourselves right we talk ourselves into this idea of no it has to be okay it must be okay because exactly yeah yeah and, and a lot of it has to do with this kind of underlying process that's happening more so on an individual level. Mm -hmm. So I want to dive a bit deeper. I have so many questions, <laughs> but I want to dive a bit deeper into your book. And of course, I don't want you to share all of your seven secrets, but is there one or two that you can share with the listeners right now about, um, you know, this coming alive in life and love, what that means to you, and then maybe a, one of the secrets or two? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's, I mean, I can really share all the secrets when it comes to even just exactly what we're talking about in this moment. Um, but a big part of the overall journey, and, and when we think about this as a relationship roadmap, it's being able to tune into ourselves right here, right now, and gaining a sense of where are we at in our life at this moment. And it really is a certain sort of waking up process. And I do write about that, that in my book, and even on a personal level, of being able to kind of taking ourselves out of this survival mode, autopilot way of being in our life, and plugging in in a different way so that we can become more aware and conscious of what's happening for us, what has been happening for us, and what we would want to happen differently for us um, moving forward. And so uh, one of the, I think it's the first secret is identifying your new story. And so really connecting in with being able to imagine and connect with how do you imagine, even if it might even seal, seem unrealistic or what some people might describe as a pipe dream, how do you see yourself in your future? And is there a particular image that you can even really connect with when you're doing that? And a really important piece of it then is as you're connecting in with seeing an image of yourself in the future of ideally where you would want to be when you're feeling as alive as possible, how does that connect in with your body? What are the sensations of that and the experience of it? And so there's this real process in this first step 
to be able to connect in even more with that. Because in a lot of ways, if it's something that we can't imagine, we're not necessarily going to be moving forward towards that. Mm -hmm. We're going to be kind of continuing to operate within the container that we have already. Yeah. And so that's super important. And some people are already propelled into this, this process because something happened for them. Perhaps maybe they even encountered someone else, experienced a different sort of relationship than they ever had. And that begins that new imagining of like, oh, this is actually something that's possible for me. And so that's a really important step. And maybe just shortly here, uh, another one would be connecting in and tuning to your old story. So what is the life that you have been living up to this point? What is the story that you've been telling yourself along the way? And what are the different voices that we have coming up for us that's convincing us that this is who we are, what we deserve, um, really where, how we want to connect in with where we want to go. So we have these different sorts of voices that will persuade us to believe that that's the case. And more often than not, we'll have kind of evidence based on the story that we've been living and the people that we've encountered along the way that's kind of allowed us to reinforce that story. So a big part of, it, of this is identifying what are your old patterns that you've been living on an individual level and then also within your relationships. And you need to be able to kind of identify those so that then you can look at what do I need to do differently with that to be able to move closer to my new story. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of help people break free from that, from their old story, from their old beliefs? Uh, a really big part of it is awareness raising. Um, and so being able to kind of look at this, let's how, how about we sit right now and consider what are some of the beliefs that you say about yourself on a regular basis? How about we look at some of those voices that we have? Do you perhaps have an inner bully within you? That one that can be quite critical and likes to, to be there first before anyone else to make sure that you know that you're not good enough or you might fail at that, might deter you from that. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a, a wounded part of you that can really drive your bus in some ways that's informing the decisions that you're making moving forward uh, for yourself and within your relationships? So let's become more aware of these parts that are happening that are oftentimes on the periphery. We're not really paying attention to them. Perhaps they're even normalized. We, we think this is, this is just the way it is. And so let's pull those forward a little bit more so we can actually work with them and consider the validity and how that really fits for you now. Mm -hmm. I really love that you brought this up because this is exactly the kind of stuff that I focus on with my clients and the things that I talk about and awareness is so key. And one of the things I find interesting, and I don't know, you can comment on this if you notice this as well, but when I talk to, I work with women specifically. And when I talk to them that aware there is there is, that awareness piece isn't there, right? So it's like, well, what do you believe about yourself to be true? And they've ne they don't even know right away until they stop and think because no one really asks themselves that themselves that question. Right. And so I always find that that piece really interesting because some it takes a while for them to really know like hey these are my beliefs this is what I what I'm thinking this is my self-talk this is the way I talk you know they don't really sit back and think about it ahead of time exactly yeah and it's, it's just super important as part of and that's why you know I talk about in a way of waking up 
because there's a way that we can kind of sleepwalk through our lives without paying attention to this. Mm -hmm. And then kind of wonder like, why do I perhaps continue running into these experiences that I really don't want for myself? Yeah. Yes. We sleepwalk through life for sure. So what do you think that so many people kind of define themselves by the relationships that they're in? Uh, in what way do they define themselves? I mean, you know, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of off track. I'm thinking about people that are going back to that conversation of they're afraid to maybe leave what they're in. They've been with someone for so long, um, but they're not happy. There's a, you know, part of them inside that's telling them this isn't right for you, but they feel, um, and I guess with women specifically, a lot of women are like, well, I'm John's wife or, you know, I'm so-and-so's kids and it's they define who they are by the relationship that they're in instead of who they are inside mm -hmm. and where, do, where does that kind of come from and how do people let go of that I guess mm -hmm. I mean I think a, a big part of it I mean there's two parts that you know where that comes from in a lot of ways is that that's a lot of um, society and what's all around us is like what are the roles that we play in our life Mm -hmm. Are we a mother? You know, are we a wife? Um, and so that's even leave a lot of people to find themselves by their jobs. And I'm a secretary or, or I'm a mechanic. And so there's this real identity piece that's deeply connected to that. And so it's difficult then to imagine what else different are we than these things. And this process really is about that, is this self-discovery process of who am I really and how am I identifying myself in that way? Mm -hmm. And so it does require uh, this process of turning inward. And uh, a lot of people will have transition points in their life where they might do that a little bit more. Um, and it can be more likely for some people, it might be a separation or it might be uh, when the kids leave home. And it's like, you know what, I've spent so much time playing a particular role uh, and now it's about looking at myself and what is it that I really want for me. And the trick is being able to do something like this without perhaps a major transition externally like that happening. Mm -hmm. And being able to do that while we're perhaps still continuing on with these roles in our life, which can be extremely challenging because it does make shifts in the system that we're currently in. It can be quite scary. Yeah. And I think sometimes people get caught up, like if I'm one way, I can't be, I can't do anything else, right? Like if I'm this person, I can't also be that person, but, but we can realistically mm -hmm. have to do yeah. that. Yeah. There's, we're just so multifaceted really. And there's so many different ways of being that we can show up in. Mm -hmm. And it's about rediscovering that. Um, you know, when I say it's a waking up process, it's about pulling some of these aspects and ways of being of ourselves from the unconscious those places that we're not aware of at all and bringing that into our consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I know for me, I always was drawn to like a certain type of guy in terms of a relationship and they were not the greatest of guys. And it really, really was centered around what I believed about myself, like what my worth was. And as I did a lot of inner work and awareness and growth in my life and I started to realize I deserve more, I'm you know worthy, I'm enough, all the, this stuff. I'm in a totally different, like my marriage now, the man I'm married is very different um, and treats me very differently than I ever have been in the past. And it kind of, uh, again, relates to what I believe about myself and my worthiness and all of this kind of stuff. And so I'm curious with you, I know you mentioned that you were previously married and I know that you're in a, in a different relationship now. Mm -hmm. Is it different? Is it, you know, have you, are you, 
on this, do you still kind of seek out the same kind of relationships? Is it very different as you've grown? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been such a process um, because, you know, when it came to that, that realization within my marriage at the time, uh, that was several years ago now, and it really did set me into this, this real self-discovery process of my own, which is where uh, a lot of these steps were birthed from that came from the writing in my book. And um, in some ways, I would look at it as like a peeling back of layers over time. And I could increasingly see myself more and more, and it connected more and more within myself. And what that would mean though, is I would show up differently. So at the time I would show up differently within my marriage, and then that would naturally then create the changes there uh, and different conversations that would be happening, patterns of the way that I would engage on an emotional level and the things that I might say or not say would then affect what would then come back to me. And so it kind of had this ripple effect in all of the relationships as well within my life. I would, you know, at the time consider which sorts of relationships serve me now and, and which ones do um, support me to come more alive and which ones don't. So there was a bit of a gauge that I had. And so when I describe having that news story image, a part of it was me continuously connecting to myself, feeling the way that I truly know that I needed to feel. And so when I would interact with people along the way, I would kind of go back to, is this, is this doing that for me? Um, and if not, in what ways, what needs to happen differently? Or will it happen differently at all? And um, might I need to move on from this certain sort of relationship? So that was a, a process that I continued on, on with. And so when I met the partner who I'm with now, which is six years ago, um, that we also went through a process. So I was still growing and getting to know myself and continuously showing up in different ways as those layers were being peeled back. And so absolutely, the relationship that I'm in now, um, I'm in a completely different place to be able to, to really speak my truth. Mm -hmm. And that is a, that's a key factor to be able to do that because there's a lot of things that prevent people from fully doing that. And not even just speaking my truth, but being able to express the fullness of who I am and negotiating that and being with that with another. And, and so that in itself has been such a, a, a beautiful process of, of growth uh, for myself individually, for my partner, but then for us together in our relationship body. Mm -hmm. And doesn't it feel so freeing to like, you know, live your truth, speak your truth, feel your authentic self and be okay with it and Absolutely. be content and happy. Yeah, yeah, and that, that is such a good word to describe for that is freeing. Like for me, there's just an expansive feeling within my chest and my body uh, to be able to do that and not have something on the periphery kind of niggling and going, oh, this, this is on my mind and I'm not saying it, or um, I have particular needs, but it's not kind of there yet. Mm -hmm. That's really freeing. Yeah, and I think too, it's important to, recognize it's a journey right it's not like one day you're like okay now I'm all good everything's going to be perfect I'm going to have the best relationship like life is a journey and just like everything we do we're always growing we're constantly growing and developing and so I think for the listeners who are listening it is a journey and nothing happens overnight and it's 
in my opinion, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, about building that relationship with yourself first and knowing who you are to be able to have relationships with other people and not just romantically, but even friendships and relationships with your family to be like good, solid relationships. You really have to have that one with yourself first. Absolutely. Yeah. Needing to have that with yourself, but also knowing how to be able to return back to yourself. You know, what does that mean? And when I say return back to, ideally we're always tuned in with ourselves. Um, but quite often we will either get hijacked or we will kind of go more into autopilot. Like there's all these different things that happen within our life. And we want to be able to fold into our life as much as possible so that then it becomes really just a way of being that, that, that uh, kind of tuning fork to center into ourselves as much as possible in everything that we're doing. So how would you do that for yourself? Like, how do you center in with yourself? Um, oh man, I have, a, I have multiple ways that I do that. Um, I, there's a lot of different visual ways that I have. Uh, even when I describe it to you right now, there's this of a kind of a stake that runs through me with a stake in the ground. It's kind of like that real grounding sort of centering at the same time, centering and grounding at the same time. Um, and so that's just like right here, right now within my body. I actually do a lot of body scans. So even right now as we're talking, every once in a while, I'll scan my body, tune in, how, you, how are you feeling? It's like reconnecting in with our body and with ourselves. Um, and just multiple different practices throughout the day. Nature is one of the top ones for me on being able to connect in with myself. There's just that certain sort of stillness and, and bringing us to, to the earthiness of really what life is, but at the same time, what we are within our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And of course, meditation and yoga, um, those are just, and again, like, you know, even as I'm saying it out loud, there's that connection between ourself, our mind, and our body, um, which is something I also write about that is, is pivotal in our ability to be able to tune into ourselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's so, I think it's so important and just to connect with yourself and whether, and everyone does it, I'm sure in so many different ways. And like, I'm huge on journaling and I love to journal everything because that's just how I connect with myself. Um, but it, it's really, really important. I think somewhere along the line, people lost that connection with themselves or lost how to connect with themselves or we're never taught it or what you know no one's learned and taught in school hey take a moment and you know be with yourself and it's okay to sit with yourself right we were never taught this and so we go through life kind of like you said you know being a zombie and sleeping through life and going through the motions and it's so so important to really just take that step back and be with yourself and be comfortable with yourself and know who you are yeah, absolutely. And really, when you think about, you know, with, with the world, uh, technology, busyness, uh, thought mode, those are all things that have been just so prioritized here in mainstream Western culture. Um, and so, yeah, we've all been raised within that. And now when we think about our experiences with COVID-19, um, that's just come even more to the forefront and force people to either be more still themselves and needing to connect in with that even more. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, also the relationships in their lives and really questioning that. What sort of connections do I have around me uh, with those around me, but also with myself through this process? Because a lot of the things that we've been busy with and taken for granted with, for some have been stripped away. 
And so we kind of end up looking at, okay, what do we have left? Oh, we got ourselves and we got the people that really matter to us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be kind of like your number one tip or piece of advice for someone who is struggling, whether they're struggling in, um, in a relationship with another person or just struggling with themselves? What's kind of that first step for them to take to just start the journey of getting to know themselves or building that relationship with themselves? Um, I mean, there's a lot of initial steps, but one of them might be something connected to, um, yeah, tuning into their body and their emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is one of the secrets within the book. And, um, you know, it has something to do with where are you right here, right now? And it's supposed to kind of being in that numbed place. And I can really relate to that. That was one of the biggest things for me when I, realize that there's something more going on for me than I'm actually aware of. I really needed to apply some of the things that I was learning in my psychology education to myself about emotion awareness. And, and with that, it's about, okay, what is happening for me and how do I know by, by what my body's telling me? Mm -hmm. And alongside that is our intuition. You know, what is it that, how is it that I'm already kind of knowing something? So you need to be able to tune into yourself to, to connect with that. And things begin to open up uh, as we do that. So that's really an important step. Yes, I love that you brought that up. It's so true. And I think we spend so much time, like you said, sitting there on our phones and social media and wasting time. And, you know, next time you catch yourself doing that to the listeners, like turn it off turn everything off and just sit with yourself and start that connection process. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. You've shared so much great stuff and your, this, uh, the secrets that you've shared have been great. So everyone should grab your book and where can they find your book? Um, you can find my book on Amazon. Perfect. Grab the book, check out the rest of the secrets and Jessica, what do you have? Um, anything coming up that you'd like to share with us with the listeners? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and something that I started off mentioning uh, is related to um, the online program that I'm going to be launching right away, um, uh, connected to the Coming Alive in Life and Love, uh, the Relationship Roadmap. And uh, this one here, I'm just super excited about um, because this program here is going to be accessible for anyone and anyone everywhere. Um, and it will take you through the steps that are within the book. In a, in a live way with myself um, and then all the different exercises. And I also really do encourage journaling in a big way. And so this relationship roadmap program is in a lot, a lot of ways accompanied with more of a workbook uh, experience. And so you can take all these different sorts of psychology practices that can kind of like an inside look of what's happening beneath the surface for you as well as with your relationship and this is for anybody who um individuals and couples so you don't need to be in a relationship to be able to do this you can be able to easily look back on your relationship patterns throughout your life and begin to create how is it that i want to show up differently in my relationships and what sorts of relationships will be important for me so um yeah that was a little bit more than i wanted to say about it but yes the online program is one of the biggest things that's happening for me and uh, yeah, just continuing on with some of my writing as well, uh, along with uh, a lot of these secrets within the book. Awesome. So do you have a new book coming up? Um, I have a new book that's 
uh, beginning to be birthed. Oh, yeah. Tittle yet, and um, it, it's actually going to be taking us even deeper, if you can imagine, into this stuff. Wow. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. Perfect. Well, that all sounds amazing. That The online program sounds really good, and I would encourage a lot of single people to do this because you need to build that relationship with yourself first. And I think this would be the perfect start of their journey to do this. So that's amazing. Um, Jessica, any final thoughts to share before you go? No, I think that's, that's everything for now. I really appreciate this, Jessica. It was such a great experience. So thank you. Awesome. And where can people find you? On social media, website, anything? Yeah, definitely. There's, I'm on most of everything. Facebook, I have my own YouTube channel, Instagram. Uh, you search me, you should be able to find me. Perfect. Uh, I'll so. put all the links in the show notes too, so it's an easy click. Great, thank you. Awesome, thank you so much, Jessica, for being on the show. Okay, thanks. If you like what you hear on the Trudy podcast, hit subscribe and head over to our website at thetrudylifestyle.com and learn more about what we do.